You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Web Podcast. I am your host, Rob O'Sell. I'm an architect at this.labs. My co-host today, it's a very special week, is Ignacio Nacho Vasquez, a senior software engineer at this.labs. Nacho, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Rob. Thank you for having me around in this wonderful episode of the Modern Web podcast. Yes, and we needed to bring Nacho on for a very special podcast because today we are excited to be discussing SolidJS, the framework that everybody's been talking about, and we're going to be talking about it today. We'll be discussing that with Ryan Carniato. Ryan is the principal engineer on open source at Netlify and the author of SolidJS. Ryan, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm glad to talk some solid. I was has been on vacation, and uh, um, I'm I'm ready to get back to get back to it. Wonderful. Well, we're so glad that you, we have you here today to talk about it. But before we get into that conversation, first we'd like to thank today's sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Cloudways. Cloudways is a managed cloud hosting platform built for your PHP-based web applications. If you are looking for a fully managed, hassle-free hosting solution, Cloudways is the way to go. Cloudways takes over all the server management and security issues and allows their customers to dedicate that time to expand their business and acquiring new clients. Cloudways offers a choice between five world-class IaaS partners, AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, Linode, and Vulture. Moreover, Cloudways comes with a super fast optimized stack, managed backups, an excellent staging environment, easy Git deployment, 24-7 support, and much more. All of this makes Cloudways a perfect choice not only for agencies, SMBs and e-commerce stores, but also for web developers who wish to focus on development instead of getting into hosting-related issues. All this power, simplicity, and peace of mind falls right in line with the Cloudway slogan, Moving Dreams Forward. If you want to give them a try, use promo code MODERNWEB to get a free $15 hosting credit. All right. Now to talk about SolidJS. So we have been so excited, Ryan, to have you on the podcast to be talking about this. Nacho especially has been evangelizing quite strongly inside of our, our uh, you know, our Slack and our Discord and, and trying to get the team involved. So he was very excited to join this conversation as well. But for some people, uh, for a lot of people that may not have heard of SolidJS quite yet, could you kind of walk people through at least at a high level, what is SolidJS? What are we talking about today? Right, of course. Yeah, it's it's a JavaScript framework, and I mean, there's no shortage of those. Uh, but um, it was just a project that I'd been working on for uh, several years. Uh, at my startup, I was a big fan of some older JavaScript frameworks, things like Knockout JS, and was just looking to kind of modernize the approach and um, kind of just started building a framework from my own time, hoping to use it at work one day and. Uh, you know, enter some benchmarks and, you know, started sharing it around and, you know, slowly but by slowly over, I, I guess it's been four years since I open source solid now, um, you know, more people kind of come on board. But, but I mean, the, the minimal tagline, I guess, is it's just a, it's funny because these don't really give you any good descriptions. It's a, it's a reactive JavaScript front end frame, framework. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you think about it, you know, because a lot of times some of these frameworks are starting to have like certain pitches. Um, I know like uh, we've heard some of them for sort of things like quick, which is just coming out and, uh, and others as well. Like, do you have uh, like a pitch or an idea? Like this is the type of site or the type of approach or the type of developer that, that resonates best with solid or is, is it really meant to be kind of a universal uh, new approach or new idea to approaching developing websites? Yeah, I mean, it is fairly general. It's I will say that we have historically always attracted um, developers who really uh, like having this sort of control um, because Solid is built off composable primitives. That's kind of the whole pitch, right? With uh, fine-grained reactivity is this idea that you can have um, describe complicated behaviors by kind of building them up, um, composing them together into, you know, more you know, bigger, more complicated behaviors. And um, this isn't exactly a new idea. Um, there's, the, the, as I said, Knockout.js was doing this kind of a long time ago. And um, it kind of went out of favor for a while because of React, but then React started introducing their own kind of flavor with React hooks. 
and uh, which work very differently, we might get into, but uh, essentially kind of give a similar kind of experience in terms of how you develop. And Solid was just something that I built during that time period when everyone was not doing this before React Hooks, before View Composition API, before Salt's reactive language. It was just, I really liked these composable patterns and they made a lot of sense. I worked long time on a startup, uh, I think eight years, the, the, the startup that never, you know, gets to where it is, you know, I mean, it's still going. Um, and, the, you know, they're, st they're still putting out products and stuff. But essentially, uh, we needed to pivot a lot. Uh, we didn't want to get dragged behind on the on the technology. And we had started on this path because back in 2012, JavaScript ecosystem didn't have a lot of options. I mean, there was Angulars and whatnot. And we were, we were sold on Knockout. And as it turned out, Web Components uh, was one of my first things. We had this Knockout Web Component thing. And it led us to a really interesting place and where I could, most of my learnings from Solid came from was because I just, the component wasn't really part of the equation for me. I just figured out, I'm like, okay, we're going to use web components. So I, I figured out lots of ways to make renderers fit really nicely in web components without having a component model. And over time, I, I did benchmarks and I learned a lot of stuff. And then I kind of realized that like, we don't even need the components themselves. This is kind of where uh, Solid's kind of whole pitch came from was it was just like components are just kind of functions that run once. And once this kind of realization happened, it, it, it was it was kind of crazy. We kind of realized it was just like these simple kind of primitives. I say simple, not in like the easy sense, just like in like the, they're like, it's like, here's a promise. Like it's, it's just this one thing that does one thing well. And we we're able to kind of build stuff that looks like React or looks like other frameworks. It's really complicated behavior, um, just kind of layering on these things. And uh, yeah, this kind of no component mantra, I think, is actually just an extension of reactivity, like we have in Solid. And um, you know, it's kind of branched out into other approaches. Um, I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but that's how I ended up working on the Marco team was they recognized that, that Saul's approach to fine grain reactivity, this kind of componentless model was the key to hydration. And if you look at Quick, which you just mentioned, their reactivity is actually very similar to Solid's. So a lot of the kind of like, they started kind of very VDOM centric, almost like React, but you watch as Quick continues to evolve, it'll look more and more like Solid. Um, this is just an inevitability of being able to do less work, right? This kind of mentality of, um, instead of diffing and like doing these big re-renders, just changing the, the stuff that changes. And as you can imagine, for even problems like hydration or we're trying to ship less JavaScript, you know, only shipping the JavaScript for the stuff that needs to change is a way of sending less JavaScript. You know, it's interesting because sometimes when people bring up libraries or approaches that touch on reactive programming or functional programming or functional reactive programming, uh, sometimes those libraries tend to be difficult to gain wider adoption because they sometimes tend to be maybe heady or more complex. But what's fascinating to me is, is that for the people that have heard about SolidJS, the enthusiasm is off the charts. And if anybody here has not yet looked at any of this, I would advise you to go to the Solid website and there are two videos that are linked, uh, like basically Solid in 100 seconds and Solid in 10 minutes. And I think within the first 30 seconds of the short video, and certainly within just a couple minutes of the first video, I was like, I'm ready to go. Like, let's build things with this. What is it about this that is resonating so strongly with people? Like, do you, can you tell from being inside of it? Or is it just too obvious to you? Like, why is this thing just really resonating with people? I think, I mean, it's funny. You, you can't talk about this without actually talking about React. Like, we tried really hard initially to not always make the comparison. I would make the comparison because, I, you know, I've used many frameworks. So I was just like, oh, this like this, this like this. But new people coming in, that's not how you get them because maybe they've never used React. I mean, maybe. Unlikely, but maybe. And I, I think, though, that for the 100 second video, it, it is very much appealing to that crowd because they, they've they learned how the React model works. And React model is this kind of top-down thing. And it does simplify things in the sense that you can always trust that everything re-renders. So no matter what you do, React's going to throw it out and redo the work again, and you'll just end up somewhere good. And 
what it comes with is some interesting choices where you have, uh, you know, language, things like use ref, use callback, or the new use event. These are all specific ways to make it more manageable when you have some kind of state that persists between a function that calls over and over again. Because like when you have a function in JavaScript and you call it, you don't really expect like the variables you declare inside to like exist again when you call the function again. Um, so there's ways you have to, to do that, right? And without doing a compiler that can unwind everything, you basically have you know these special hooks. That's why they're called hooks. It makes sense. React makes a lot of sense. And but solid is coming from this kind of other place where the functions run or the components run once, and you just kind of set things up. I think uh, this came up today. Actually, is really clear that in uh, React, a uh, component is a render function, and in solid, a uh, component is a setup function. Um, and this is kind of like a, a way of of changing it. Like I said, this we are not the first to do this in a, in a sense, right? Um, like uh, a knockout definitely did it way back in the day. Um, and we're not the only one to do it. It's probably a better way of putting it because, in a sense, we were doing this kind of stuff like in this composable way before Vue was or before um, you know the modern Svelte. But in a sense, like there are others is what I'm getting at. And I think what really does it is because solid returns JSX and has like, doesn't have the single file component. You know, it kind of looks like React code. You just have, you know, you just go, oh, here's a function. Here's another function. Here's a component. You just kind of just write the stuff. And the fact that it just kind of works without this other consideration around, like I said, use ref, use callback, use event, um, it's, it's kind of mind boggling, but it's also something kind of get excited about because Things like that have been kind of a lot of the friction and even and use effect in React as well. Like all these these things you have to take into consider about rerunning, um, kind of make things sometimes you know harder to reason about. I, I actually think React makes a lot of sense, as I said earlier. But I think for a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of coming in at the kind of middle tier level of experience, maybe not quite a beginner, but maybe a little bit further along, it's like when they get into like why is this happening? When they get to that level, they're just like. Wow, this is this is not what I expected. And for a lot of people in that boat, solids kind of comes in and go, and they go, oh yeah, this is how I would have expected it to work. I understand as someone who's well versed in the frameworks why React doesn't work that way and why it will probably never work that way. But it's it is important to understand that like these are it, these are trade offs and they're and they're design decisions. You know, like. The, there's other things that come with solid because of these choices, but from a quick hundred second video, I'm um, just selling on the points. Um, it's definitely a very compelling case when you're holding, you know, this aspect of react against this aspect of solid. And you're just like, wow, like, why can't we just do this? Yeah, exactly. And now that you mentioned this particular aspect, like the, the API ergonomics, like use effects, right? Is, is very similar to what we have in, in, in react. And, and in solid, but you say that it is more solid works more like you would expect to work. And in the other hand, is like the ergonomics are are better because you don't really have to declare your dependencies. Solid does that for you, and and that's kind of a, a point of comparison, right? Even when solid maybe behind scenes work more like you expect. Uh, React can be more explicit about the dependencies, while Solid can uh, be more implicit about those. How does that work? How how is that accomplished? And, and if you can go a bit deep about what is the comparison in that particular case between the two. Yeah, I, I think it's an important thing. I it's funny. I I told you all that I was using Knockout. Knockout um, back they had like a lot of foot guns in its reactivity. There's a reason React got popular, and some of these reactive libraries went out of you know. I feel MobX, uh, another library used often with React, actually solved most of those problems. But um, the key thing here is like I, th I still think explicit dependencies are, are valuable, at, you know, in many places. And we actually have ways to do explicit dependencies in Solid. It's just an extra like helper. You just go like on this, do this, right? But I, I, the thing is, when all your rendering is done this way, as in like every you know expression in the JSX or whatever. Like you don't want to be tagging the dependencies on to the like your your expressions in the JSX, for example. Those are just effects as far as solid's concerned. So it made a lot of sense for us to just, you know, continue on with this approach of automatic dependency tracking, which is something that as I said knockout and MobX had. And the, the I this is why solids um, uses functions 
to get a value because we need to intercept it. We, the, the, the way the system works is whenever you access a value, um, we, we know. And that way we can go, okay, whatever's running right now can say, yes, this is a dependency. So it's kind of like React's dependency arrays, except it's dynamic. It happens at runtime. It can change, like when, depending on code paths, which means that if, you know, one condition means something further down will never run, well, then we don't care about it never running and we don't redo work. Um, it, it, it basically, obviously, and we've seen this historically with Vue um, and a degree with Svelte, like makes things kind of easier. Like you can just go, oh, set the value and it just updates this kind of magic thing. But like, for me, that wasn't what this was about. Um, it, it was about being able to um, have these fine grained updates, um, be able to break things down past a component level. And, and you, to do that, you do need a little bit of automation. The more fine grained you get, um, brings a lot of complexity with it. And I mean, this is true with, you know, a lot of the technologies people are looking into right now. We mentioned quick before, like, if you're doing fine grained hydration, you got to automate some of that. Otherwise, like, not everyone's going to like, break apart all their code into like all the pieces you, you need to make you need to make the experience, you know, um, acceptable. And that was really what what I set out to when I was working with Solid initially, because I like I knew that the performance was there. I just needed to see if the usability was there, like if 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 there were good patterns, um, things that made sense to people. And don't get me wrong, these patterns are different than React. Um, they might be a bit of a shock. Um, we're seeing a lot of kind of those discussions happening uh, recently, you know, but they they also in the context of, you know, what Sol is doing, I believe makes sense. Um, That's great. I, you know, it was funny too, because uh, I know much has been made of the of the comparison between Solid and React. Uh, and, and certainly that's a piece I want to ask about. But, you know, have you gotten any people coming up to you confused about, you know, how your library is about Web3? Like, are you getting any solidity uh, comparisons at all? Is, is that starting to crop up yet? No, I, I, I won't say Web3 has really come in or solidity, which is like a couple mentions. Uh, more more common is like solid principles, like uh, like like S period O, like Got capital it. O, solid. And, and that's very much tied into Angular community. Uh, there, there, there was a great article um, where someone wrote about Angular and solid principles for uh, an Angular publication that I also did did work on. And the, the graphics artist for that publication was familiar with solid because I'd, I'd written for them on several occasions. And they actually did an article cover which had the Angular logo and the solid logo, even though they were talking about solid principles. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was, it was just a really funny one because the guy was like lifting a rock or something. And it was like the com most confusing cover um but it was it was it was comical because it looked like like the person was throwing the rock at angular i, I don't know it was just it was, it was it was it was a it was a funny one but yeah that that's that's where most of that kind of stuff happens so, we do have members of the web3 communities uh using solid um uh there's been some nft viewer things and like that's a that's a thing with web3 it's kind of funny because it's not like exactly a web technology like you still just use the javascript framework that you'd use um so it's been great to see people build stuff um a few as a few members of that community uh like uh, i can't remember her name uh naomi i can't remember her last name she's been building a bunch of stuff using solid um so some solid with astro and doing uh kind of web3 based stuff now for that comparison to react though you know it's interesting because as I see it, I see two possible, you know, or two like advantages and disadvantages to having an API surface that at least can be compared to something like a React. Of course, using JSX, many technologies use it, but of course, there's similarities there. And then like uh, the, the create effect and the create signal, which look very similar to use state and use effect, uh, they have differences. So on the one hand, I mean, this just makes it easier for people that are familiar with React to adopt and understand and comprehend Solid because they don't have to learn an entirely different syntax. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure, like you said, you've been running into the people. I saw a conversation recently that was confused why uh, their function or their component wasn't running like a render function. They kept expecting it to, with the new state values to, to re-execute. Um, so can you explain or reflect on the, sort of the decisions that you've made to have like similar looking APIs, like uh, have the advantages so far proven out to be uh, better than the disadvantages or, you know, how do you feel about this in general? It's such a funny thing because like, I, I have a lot of respect for React and I, I it's funny because I, I was one of those 
people who, who's so enamored with reactivity and like knockout and i've mentioned this a bunch of times and like when react came in i was like at first like grumbly i was just like whatever knockouts better and then i was like oh i get it you know and i i, I learned to appreciate it and actually love react but the funny thing is with solid i wasn't trying to ever mimic react which i think a lot of people assume they're just like oh a new framework they want to like take the best parts of react that was not it like i, I mean for me the best parts of react are like the philosophy like the unidirectional flow things like that which i i i i, I that was the problem i felt with the old the reactive libraries you're like mutating values all over the place and they're like ping-ponging and doing all this stuff that you don't expect i want predictability and what ended up happening it's just like it's one of those things i don't know if it's like how do you make how do you say it's if it's intentional or not or if it's just like you know we, we agree about a lot of things because what ended up happening was i started solid using like some kind of custom template dsl because that's what everyone did like i was literally looking at knockout i was doing like string templates in the html um which is the same place view started with from and originally too and then at a certain point like I was, I was hitting these weird overheads. It wasn't a big deal, but I was like having to define context, like make JavaScript concepts when I could just use JavaScript. And I didn't like the overhead of that. I was a big performance nut. And at a certain point, I was just like, I saw a project that was using reactivity with JSX. I was not the first. Uh, Surplus JS. Uh, big shout out to Adam Hale, creator of Surplus. Um, and I, I was like, this just makes so much sense. So I, I was like, okay, let's do JSX with the reactivity. I mean, I actually tried to like just get into surplus and that be my framework and not build my own thing. But um, I was big on I, I was big on wanting to be friendly for like React developers. I was trying to use proxies and make things look like plain objects and that, and that didn't really work as well with the approach. And there, you know, there's a couple other things that I was concerned with. So over time, when he stopped kind of maintaining it, I kind of branched off or like did my own thing, um, which is you know how I can have continued on with solid. But the thing was, I chose JSX because it was JavaScript. Every tool out there supported it. TypeScript, um, prettier, like code, you know, VS code, like everything supported it. So it was just like, I don't have to invent or build any of this stuff. It already works. And the AST in Babel was really easy. So you just like do some transformations and, you know, it, it, it just made a ton of sense. In hindsight, I, I, I like absolutely love the choice of JSX because um, it, it's so portable. Like you just go, oh, here's a div. You know, you just go like JSX div element is a div. And like for solid, it's like the, almost like the perfect kind of language. It might not, JSX itself might not be perfect, but a language like JSX is perfect because you, you can just kind of like just build things and build them up however you want, you know, whether that looks like a React component or not. It's just simply the fact that JSX is completely portable. You're not like, here is the template. You're just like, you know, here's some DOM elements. and. Okay, so we're using JSX and we're using primitives like like Knockout, essentially. So, and the thing I found when I was using this back in the day is we'd use classes in my old company and all the code was in the constructor function, all of it, except for the event handlers. Like, And it was just kind of confusing because in, in reactive libraries, you just declare everything, right? You just go observable this, computed this, or you know, in Solid's case, signal this, memo this or whatever. Um, we just have all the all the code there in the constructor, and there's basically no point to having classes. So, I, you know, I'd already moved on to that. We were using these function components with these primitives that were returning JSX. So at that point, and so like 2016 time period, I hadn't open sourced it yet. Um, you know, I, Solid looked like Solid does today. Like this is two years before hooks. You know, and essentially. Um, I open sourced it because I wanted to go into benchmarks. You know, I just wanted to kind of play around, do that thing. I wasn't really trying to promote anything at that time. And as it turned out, React hooks did change everything for, for me because at that point I was like, oh, wow, people might be interested in this. And, you know, it's hard to say, right? We look like React and I did do the finishing touches. I'm, I tell everyone that I got some, one thing from React hooks. It wasn't the primitives, like we already, all the reactive li libraries have three primitives. They have this concept of a stateful primitive, like an observable or a ref or a atom or state or signal or whatever. They have a concept of like uh, auto kind of side effect thing, like um, whether it's called computed in some libraries, auto run, use effect, or like th they all have this concept. And you know, you know, even spelt with its dollar sign has this concept. 
and then and the derived value, which is like uh, create computed or create memo or whatever. Like they, they all have these three language features. So it's not too much of a stretch when you know React added that that we kind of end up in almost the exact same place. The the thing I got from React was I really liked read write segregation. That was the thing that I felt doomed knockout. When you have a system that's so pervasive that you can like stick the reactivity anywhere and it can update everything, even with strict kind of like, here's the set stuff. It is, the unidirectional flow is really important because two-way binding kind of makes things a, a mess and if you nested mutability and stuff. It, it, I just knew that I wanted to keep that read-write segregation. And I was having a really hard time with the API because like a lot of classic um, libraries kind of like combined it into a single function or had explicit get and set functions. And it was all really, really clunky. And you'd have to like, if you want to rename your variables, it was it was really ugly. And then React was like, here, return a, a, a tuple or a tuple, however you want to say it. And I was just like, <laughs> there's the answer. Like so obvious. I, I thought about destructuring objects. I thought about all these things. And they're just like return an array with the value and and the setter. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do with, with everything. So that that's how it happened. I already had these primitives and I was like stressing, not stressing, but I was just like, I didn't like it. It just didn't fit. And then I saw React hooks. And that's that was my takeaway. It wasn't like what React was doing. I was just like, that's you solved my problem, you guys. You guys are geniuses. Um and that, that's how Solid ended up looking like React. Never trying to copy React, never trying to replace React, just literally just by chance of respecting and valuing the same kind of principles, read-write segregation, you know, portable composability, um, and ultimately even maybe a just JavaScript kind of mentality. People, you know, compare us to Svelte and talk about compilers, but Solid only compiles to JSX, the same as React. We, we don't compile the other code. So in a sense, two completely different frameworks from mentality, model, and stuff, ending up with this almost the same syntax, um, but ex like working completely different, but actually mechanically, like in terms of build stuff, are actually kind of similar. They're both, like I'd say React and Solid are very much on the just JavaScript side of things, not on the compiler side of things. Um, which is kind of interesting because React is actually looking into compilers and who knows, maybe we'll look into compilers at some point. But, uh, you know, for me, the JSX transform isn't like a compiler. I've, I've done that work. I, I work on Marco, um, which is like on the opposite side, which is probably one of the most advanced compilers in the JS framework side. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's one of those things. I don't know. It, it's good and it's bad. You know, it's, it's made it really easy for us. People have been able to port the React apps over really quite easily because it's usually like the last 10, 20% where you hit like, oh, this is something that's not like React. For simple components and stuff, like most of the time you're just copying JSX. So you copy JSX and it just works. It feels really easy. But as I said, we, we can't be React compat. We run differently. And I this is, this is actually kind of awesome. I know it's kind of terrible because people are like, oh, well, then I can't use all my React libraries. You don't have an ecosystem, all this stuff. But what is an ecosystem? Uh, like really is an ecosystem a bunch of libraries or is an ecosystem like the whole thing like the whole the libraries the people the community the the jobs like the, the whole picture and if you view it as the latter obviously we're still much much smaller than react but you start realizing that if you just rely on a compat layer like preact or inferno did you no one people get to use libraries but they don't actually, it doesn't lend to people. We, we did a hackathon uh, the last few months and a bunch of people made projects and they had to make them because in order to work with Solid, they needed to actually make them. But it turned out porting Material UI, port, porting something similar to Shacker UI, these kind of component libraries, you know, it was a big effort and amazing work, but it might not be as daunting as people might, might think. And the difference between that and Compat is now those people are maintaining Solid libraries we've grown our ecosystem in the sense of people, you know, community. And I, I think that's actually the, the important part here. It's, it's not just about having access to these libraries. It's having people who care about the stuff, care about accessibility, care about, you know, making the web a better place, working with your framework, you know? So, yeah, I, I think it has actually been, one of those things where I wasn't like planning that aspect of it too much. I just was going with what made sense mechanically. And it was, it's been kind of one of the best things. I, 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 we'll deal with people getting confused with React. And we'll, I think once you actually take the time to recognize that it's different, 
solid is perfectly consistent and makes sense in its own way. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the conversation about who's copying whom in the ecosystem is not a terribly fruitful one. I mean, I I know we went through this a little bit with Vue 3 when it was announced and everybody said, oh, you're just copying hooks for Vue and things like that. But I think that's what's exciting about this phase. You know, for anybody that's been around in this, this environment for a while, some people that have been around for since 2015 and before remember when it was true to say, wow, there's a new JavaScript framework every month, it feels like. That wasn't true for several years. Like the, mm-hmm. the, in the whole community, the whole environment stabilized and, and quiesced. It kind of went silent for a little while. And suddenly people started to get sort of the opposite of JavaScript fatigue. They almost got sort of bored of all the things that they had. But now this new flurry around things like reactivity and these similar concepts that are not just rippling through some of the bigger known frameworks, but are, are you're seeing all these different takes and a lot of like, oh, what you're doing, that's interesting. I, I have a different idea in our model for that same concept. I think that is good for the overall JavaScript ecosystem of developers being able to, again, consider and work with and maybe even use the right technology for the right project uh, and and sort of move around a little bit. I mean, it's 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 been exciting. I mean, I just saw Lit Element in their most recent version uh, just release their kind of versions of some of these primitives as well. I mean, it's it's been really exciting to see that take over the whole framework community and and seeing people get excited about this stuff. Definitely, like uh, c- completely. That's the thing. Um, there was with the JavaScript fatigue thing, which was real. There was this kind of desire for this narrative that you know, it, it was. This was a tough time coming up, you know. And I think it's it's not just for us. Even Svelte, I, you know, in one sense they've kind of conquered mindshare, but it's been a longer journey for any framework that's kind of come up post 2016 time period to get. Uh, kind of ground because of, you know, this narrative, but the truth of the matter is these things are still evolving. Um, ideas are still, you know, going and the part of the reason is just like the web is services so many people and so many different use cases and so many different things. And like, we know we can do better. Some of it involves putting work back into the platform, you know, better primitives in that sense. Um, some of it is better build tooling, you know, and every, every, every framework's got like different ideas and different things and framework authors, you know, like Vue is a great example. Like Evan builds some of the best tools out there for making developer experience possible. Like he just has such a keen like focus on how to make it easy for people to get started in what they do. We, we use Vite uh, religiously with solid, all our templates, our new starter that we're working on, which is kind of like our, you know, spelt kit or next or remix type thing is built on beat you know like stuff it's kind of you know and 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 things influence each other as as you mentioned you know um react's philosophy was a big influence on us i even if you had reactivity i think where trajectories are going hooks definitely was like hey you know encouraged it like hey you can bring your reactivity out of out of wherever you're hiding it you know i i like these things these things aren't like in a vacuum like they're these things are changing and you know when you look at you know the impact remix has had in terms of people kind of thinking about server again you look at um new approaches to hydration um from quicker marco which are which are kind of showing like maybe um and react server components are actually on that side one of the cool things you notice i've mentioned react in every single one of these that's the amazing part about react they didn't just sit on their laurels they were actually doing some very innovative um, research into a whole number of different areas um but they don't have to be the only one, right? And I think that's that's what's really cool here. I, I had a lot of fun working with Solid, seeing stuff React was doing too, like more recently, um, and being like, wow, you know, like this, uh, what was a good one? Uh, the, the suspense stuff, right? And the concurrent rendering, like this is really interesting stuff. And while I don't know if there's performance implications and all of that stuff, I wasn't really concerned with, I think just from a improving user experience perspective, um, you know, th- it's basically an exercise of looking at how the browser works. You know, if you go in a browser and you navigate to a new page, um, it kind of holds so that you don't get like a, you know, a skeleton state too soon. You don't want to, you know, bad, bad UX. So they're building these kind of primitives of rethinking how we approach the architectures. And I was like, yeah, this is great. We should, we should definitely do that. You know, transitions, um, you know, uh, concurrent rendering. So like, 
Yeah, I, I love right now what's going on. I, th I think the you, there was a couple of years there, you know, people talk about bundle up, bundle down. And sorry, I just keep on rambling if given the chance. But like, you know, we had React and then we got like next and people start going, okay, now we can kind of build a framework out of it, you know, and we spent the next four years ish, you know, building up these meta frameworks, um, getting to an amazing place where we have things like Svelkit or Remix today, which are like really kind of showing the, you know, the pinnacle of the modern spa um, architecture and what's what's happening now is we're seeing kind of a unbundling you know like let's rethink the the mentality react server components maybe this react forget compiler looks really fun and looks really interesting you kind of see them take influence from svelte svelte um uh, is very similar in in certain ways that people don't get and it's funny i as someone who just navigates through all this stuff and tries to kind of find you know, things that make sense to me or make sense to Solid um, and other frameworks. You know, I have a lot of respect for all the different, um, you know, not just innovation. Yeah, I guess innovation, but like the things that are kind of being discovered right now. I mean, this this is super exciting time. And I, I don't think uh, we should kind of, uh, you know, just assume, you know, even staying with React is resting on your laurels, so to speak, as I mentioned the other day. Like React is changing too. Like the... the if they didn't, then in a few years, we'd be like, oh, remember that framework React? No, they, they know what's up. And um, I think it's just really exciting to see how people can take like their approach and take it as far as they can in each direction and, and kind of explore new space. Because from that, that's how we can actually see like, oh, if you take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that. Like I always say with Solid that I, I'm, I'm a bit of threading the the needle on, the, on, on some of these things because um, when you have primitives like like reactivity, the biggest strength of powerhouses is it's it's not actually a specific implementation. It's like a way of modeling a problem. So, I'm I, I pay a lot of attention to other frameworks because um, you could, if they if they find a good solution, you know you could probably model it that way. You know it's 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 kind of that. So um, that that's why I'm super interested. I think you realizes this too because uh, we're solid. I, I'm I'm kind of pinpoint on you know, specifically performance aspects a lot and like certain kind of experience we're trying to go, th go for. Uh, do um, like being kind of, how should I put it? Really easy for people to get onboarding, lower the floor, make it like, available to everyone. And they kind of can take a slightly different thing, but use the same power of their reactivity to be like, oh, you like this? Well, we do this. You like this? We do this. We, you know, we do, we do ref sugar. That's like Svelte. We do JSX, like React. Like Vue literally does everything, <laughs> it feels like. So like, you know, obviously that comes with different trade-offs, but it's, it's really cool to see how um, these things all kind of, you know, develop out. I'm, I'm super into it. So like, I, I just want to see, keep on moving forward. No, yeah, and definitely you you need to give um, a lot of credit to to frameworks like React or Vue that had such a massive amount of developer building upon them and, and businesses and and all this. You have a, like a, an extra responsibility, right, when you get to that moment because you need to be very careful to not break scenes and at the same time uh, you need to keep innovating and being pushed by frameworks like Solid and and that balance is is really really hard to to take but but something that I, I i really love is the the beauty of how would you explain that all these different reactive frameworks share the same principles and burn from uh, are born from the from the from the same apis even they are a, a bit different but they also share like these different uh principles and at the same time you you were mentioning for example uh early uh, that Solid is not that comp compiler-centric. And at the same time, um, something that has made uh, Solid shine is how small it is and how fast, is, how fast it is. So can how can you get that? How can you not go the, the compile way and, and still get these results? Yeah, okay. So compilers um, don't actually, like, they don't like in themselves reduce code necessarily. Like, like the, 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 like you move it from one place to another place perhaps because in compiler, you're like, oh, I know what the specific need is. So you end up usually ending up with larger components. Um, like, so the, maybe the framework's smaller, 
but you, your, your components are larger. And we've actually seen this with Svelte versus React comparison. Uh, if you get to a certain size of, of component code, I, I forget the exact number, maybe it's like 150 kilobytes. It's like a fairly large size. React app and a, and a, and a Svelte app are going to actually be the same size. Um, th so there's varying degrees of that. I've seen compilers like be almost all in, you know, no runtime, um, even further than Svelte. But then, you know, there's like in the middle, you know. And the, the reason for solid small size largely is because everything is the same thing. Like, the actual renderer, every every piece of solid is actually just the reactive library. Like there, we have some features which you know are optimal. People are optional, sorry. People see stuff like, oh, solid's a nice 6.4k library. But in reality, if you're not using like most of the stuff, you know, you're just building like a like, quick little demo and maybe a shop site or something, solid's actually like smaller than 4K. Like it's actually, yeah, you know, the runtime side. It's 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 very similar to something like Preact. And what that comes from is just like every, most of the stuff is reused. Like you're like, if the renderers are just making create effects, if like everything is just using the exact same primitives, we, we have, I was talking about this modeling game. It's just a lot of the, a lot of the code is the same. It's like, like picture doing async before you had promises or whatever. You, you have to probably write a lot more specific code. And then once you had promises, you just put promises everywhere. Right. And that's essentially kind of like the same mentality with this reactive modeling. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's funny because a minute ago you touched on something that was like a slightly different topic, but I actually think is actually really relevant, which is that um, the convergence of what I call reactive language. Um, I think that that's probably like a completely different tangent, but I just wanted to mention something there is like, even with different implementations and different, uh, you know, ways that it works, I think it's really interesting that we might be actually fringing on like a language for user interfaces. Like forget whether it's React top down or solid fine-grained reactivity or or whatever Svelte's doing in terms of their compiler. Like this common language of a way of describing how UIs should behave. And the that's really interesting to me because obviously it mirrors the fine-grained reactive la language. But even if you don't use that implementation, we've seen this uh, the next version of Marco, people are gonna see this, um, where we've actually taken fine-grained um, composable kind of language primitives and basically done something similar to Svelte, but just composable. So instead of like just having in your single template dollar signs of lets, you could actually have like my let, uh, so to speak, or like, and it's all powered by this idea of the, these language primitives. And I, I'm kind of excited. This is why I, I'm, I'm kind of like holding the line on terms of compiler thing. I like just JavaScript. That's where I've always sat. I like that control. I like, there's always trade-offs when you go into compilers. There's always like, things that are kind of strict and then you like there's exceptions i like just being like yes this is exactly what i get it works exactly the way i expect it to i can do anything i want with it i can use as much or as little of it that's always what i've liked about solid and about um not leaning too hard on compilers but if we are emerging to a future where there is a consolidated reactive language or like language for ui it might be interesting to see um, where where the compiler thing goes, um, you know, if it's formalized. Because as I said, I, I think it all converges on, on that side. I don't know if that's the only path forward for the future, but it's interesting to me because as I said, React forget their memoized compiler looks a whole lot like Svelte and even executes a lot like Svelte. So like what is reactive or not reactive at that point, as long as you understand that um, the, the intent of the developer and give them the tools to be able to express that intent, whether it's through these language primitives that are hopefully composable. I, I always give a little like hits in there. I think composability is key, but um, that can let you describe more complicated behavior. I think it's, I think it's a really interesting area. Sorry, I tangented it a bit. No, it's good. I, you know, I'm kind of curious because in the, in the, in the introduction video, you really start from nothing. I mean, you start with explaining sort of bringing people with a, uh, you know, if I assign a variable to another variable and then I update the first variable, the second one doesn't update, <laughs> you know, type of situation. And, and you end with what looks like modern JSX and, and web development. But it made me stop and think for a second, did we have to veer into web development? I guess my question is, is do you have dreams or visions of solid being a more generalizable approach to building other types of applications, be they, uh, you know, uh, you know, not just web based ones, uh, server based ones, or just general script based ones. 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, reactivity is a declarative model, so that it, it lends well to certain types of problems. Um, ones that require synchronization. There's different types of reactivity. People talk about like RxJS, and I'm like, yeah, RxJS is great. Like, it's, it's really cool at transforming something through time. That's the whole thing. It's got this async kind of mentality of like you have an input and it, you go through some pipes and you end up on the other side. Fine-grained reactivity is a synchronization mechanism. It's like a spreadsheet. It's like it, 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 its view of time is now actually always the best. It just will guarantee that everything is consistent at any given point in time. So, I mean, it depends on what the, what the problem space is. I don't, I don't know if there's problem spaces where that actually makes a ton of more sense. But like user interfaces, regardless of where you put them, that is like a problem you want to solve, right? Um, like obviously there's things like spreadsheets, but I don't know if spreadsheets are like terribly as interesting in terms of like balancing things that way. But like user interfaces, like whether they're mobile, desktop, you know, like web, it, it doesn't, I think that part stays the same. And that's why, I mean, it's kind of funny. Solid does have a universal renderer like React where, you know, we've got like Solid 3 and Solid Ink for the terminal and like, uh, you know, a, a few of those projects kind of starting up so, so like a canvas renderer, I think with Pixie and, the thing is, even without the custom renderers, the reactivity just does it. Like I didn't add this to Solid for the longest time because you, the components are just functions. So they literally have nothing to do with the DOM. So if you don't use a lowercase JSX, like a div, and you just like write some logic, you can basically create a whole app that's not web or DOM based without any special renderer. It's just the reactivity. You just go, okay, here's here's a bunch of components. Like there's, there's nothing DOM specific about solid until you actually put a lowercase uh, JSX element, you know, like a div. So obviously people want that experience. So we offer custom renderers so they can make lowercase things that aren't DOM related. But as an approach to, for reactivity, if, you, if your goal is just like keep this thing in sync and do it efficiently, um, there, there's, there's tons of applications. I just, as I said, I don't know, like a lot of things have different models, like a server response is a sh kind of a short lived ephemeral thing where you're kind of like, you know, take this data and transform it. I think things like RxJX makes a ton of sense there. But if you have something that is, you know, semi-long lived and updates and you want to keep in sync, then, uh, you know, an approach like we do makes sense. So as I said, you, you, UIs are the obvious one. I, I'm just not sure what other uh, problems fall to that. Cool. I wanted to also jump to um, utility components, uh, you know, things like for and, uh, and show and, and things like this. Um, you know, in, in a library like React, it kind of expects you to escape out to JavaScript, uh, Angular, and Vue, do things with like what they call special syntax that goes in the HTML, like it's directives. There's always been a lot of conversation in the community about whether JSX should be more HTML-like or, or sort of keep more JavaScript-like in its construction. Kind of your thoughts on why you chose to, to add these uh, to Solid and kind of where, uh, you know, you fall on that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because... We push the control flow components because it felt like an inevitability. Here's the thing. With reactivity um, and this fine-grained execution, like a map function just doesn't make sense because you're just redoing everything. If you had a bunch of DOM elements that you're like, you take data and you're mapping to the DOM, then you're like remaking it all. Like even in React, um, there's some Adobe like components that actually optimize for this case. And like they're like, you don't really want to be doing map ever. Like from in, in React, it doesn't matter much because it's just making VDOM nodes. But like, it's not really, uh, you know, a, a fine grained way of doing it. You're you're just kind of redoing a bunch of work potentially. Um, and essentially, I knew that we need special helpers like the, the functions and and Solid exports those helpers. People can just use the functions directly and do it in the JavaScript. But the thing is. Without the DSL, you're passing functions around, you know, like all, all the JavaScript stuff that you're doing kind of expected. Um, the template of JSX gave us um, basically an opportunity to kind of leverage um, some of the kind of the niceties that come from the template DSL without actually like compiling your other code, essentially speaking. So like, you know, you could just write expressions right in the JSX and not have to worry about like doing reactive wrappers and stuff like extra functions. And it's just, it's, and what I really found that I liked was if you're actually laying out UI, um, you can kind of see it. Like, it, like it, it, sure, for small things, ternaries are fine. And you could still use those in solid. But like, as you actually lay out stuff where like different branches are actually rather large, you know, 
it's actually kind of nice to have less escaping in and out because you can kind of just see the flow of 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 the components and that's something that i i, I saw from those uh, you know special syntaxes or directives in view or angular or whatnot and you can make custom versions of those. I, Knockout had the same thing. They had these custom bindings and then you could write your own if and for, like change the logic. And I actually did that kind of stuff. Like I was really into Knockout. So, and then when I was at a certain point, I was like, okay, so we can have these custom functions and people can just call these functions. But the thing is inevitably your end user is going to abstract. They're going to compose. They're going to make you know, other layout components that hide it or a paginated for list or, you know, they're, they're going to make components on this anyways. React's always had this component composition. And I, I was just like, well, if we just make the helper functions into components to begin with, we just skip that step. Like, sure, it's not just map, but just map is actually, even in React, isn't actually the best thing you could be doing. So I was like, okay, let's just introduces components and then it, it's kind of it's kind of nice because then when you go oh i have a four four um and i'm going to use this convention for you know each whatever and now i'm like oh i'm gonna make a virtualized list like one where we only show some of the rows or something you just keep the same form you just progress you're just like okay we'll replace four with virtual like it, it feels like everything is homogeneous like it's all the same sort of thing and as i said even with react you get there eventually error boundary suspense suspense is a conditional component if you think about it it's just an if it's it's just a so like i, I think that sure we pushed it a little bit by saying like because we needed to because we need those helper functions for you know performance but it just it makes a lot of sense to me it's both in my opinion readable and it also um just promotes a pattern that others can copy and follow along with and makes your code just feel consistent yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and it's something that I was always curious about uh, if there was also a, a performing implication behind these decisions, right? And, and, and now hearing for you, everything makes more sense. Um, but until now, we had been talking about the JavaScript part and the reactivity part. And, but in the, in the last time, there has been a lot of movement to... Um, HTML first, or server-side rendering, or less JS in the web, or and and I noticed that, and you have different different examples of this, and maybe the the more related, the more recent now, uh, the most recent and more famous now is Remix, and and I noticed by going through the solid JS documentation that solid kind of has some of the primitives to allow for server-side rendering. And and I also noticed that there are separate tools that help Solid achieve that kind of, of framework. Like like you have the uh, Solid uh, route tracing is the name, and you have Solid SSR. So could you paint a picture about how Solid uh, fits into into this big map of of server side rendering frameworks? Right. Sure. Yeah. The thing is, like Svelte, like React. Server-side rendering is just something that we offer at a core level. Um, in Solid's case, we actually compile differently. We our, our, our Babel plugin that we do as the transforms actually uh, produces different code for the JSX for the server versus for the um, client. And actually, we even uh, hijack our imports and actually import a different version of Solid on the server, which doesn't use the reactivity. So generally, you write the same code. And Solid's core is able to give you the most optimal stuff. I mean, this, I, we talk a lot about performance of Solid on the client, but people don't know is Solid actually is even more performant on the server, like in comparison to other JavaScript frameworks. It's actually like that's like the gap is actually larger on the server side in terms of performance. And um, a lot of thought went into that. And it's just built in premise. The problem is building a server side um, experience is more evolved. Like there's two different builds. You have a client build that needs to hydrate. You have a server build. Um, you have to consider how to handle requests and new things and how to kind of bridge that gap uh, between, you know, the this server request response model and this kind of client update model. And, you know, we have libraries that are isomorphic like the router, which work on both sides. Um, but putting all the pieces together um, takes some work. And this is why Next.js is popular. 
you know, you can literally just pick up React right now and do server render. You don't need Next.js. You could do streaming, do whatever you need. Like, you don't need Remix or Next. But they do a lot of nice stuff. But the, the, keeping it separate, or at least the, the opinionated stuff that Next or Remix does separate, lets your React team focus on, you know, the core stuff, making sure that, you know, different use cases work. And I kept the same separation with Solid and Svelte to in view, like maybe view lesser, I, they might be like pull it more in, inside. But what we're seeing right now is an increased uh, desire for just kind of making this experience kind of together. And that's why it's like we're seeing projects actually be officially supported to do this SSR stuff, right? Where you see like Svelte kit for Svelte is actually like Rich Harris is working on that, you know? And you know, when you see... Um, in our case with Solid Start, I've been working on that with a you know small group of developers as well. So it is an important part of our kind of strategy, but it, it's just extending the capability that is in the core of Solid. And when you get with something Solid Start, which is our new starter, what you get is the router and the meta tag stuff, and you know the a, a good request model and stuff, um, all kind of built in, you know. And you know it has a lot of similarities to something like Remix, right? Uh, we, we, we're just kind of leveraging the primitives. One of the advantages when you know the framework like this is you can you can build the meta framework leveraging those things. Like right from early days of, of doing server rendering, we knew we had suspense on the server. So it was no surprise, you know, we had streaming and suspense working on our SSR right from the beginning because we, we knew that's what we were doing, right? Where, you know, uh, so, the, the, you know, there's benefits there of being able to put in it. Of course, it's a lot more work, um, but in, in general, um, it's taken us a while for that reason, obviously. Um, but you, you should in the in the coming months we should have a beta release of Solid Start, which will, you know, hopefully be that little push people need to you know try Solid on more stuff. Uh, you know, slightly more opinionated layer handles data fetching, routing, file file based routing. Um, Solid's router obviously has always had nested routing and data loading. You know, that that, that stuff's obviously kind of getting popular um, right now. Um, more recently, but like th there's just certain types of patterns that because working on the framework, we knew we would need eventually that we've always kind of done. So yeah, I, I think very soon we're going to have a, you know, a good story there for people to use. Today, people can go pick it up, but I, you know, it's a little, there's a reason why people haven't done that with, with you know, Svelte or, or React and they use these meta frameworks. It, it does take a little bit more. And I think it's probably a good thing to kind of bundle it all up and make it um, work well. I, th I think what is interesting for the future, and I mean, I I'm, getting, I'm, I'm looking up to the future of it, is um, how this bundling looks when paradigm shifting occurs and when the kind of the next thing comes in, React server components or, you know, some of the stuff that like Quick is doing or Marco, because, you know, you, you build up on this foundation and then now that foundation changes how different do things look? So this is something that we're keeping very much in mind. I said one of those advantages of having the solution being built uh, with the knowledge of what the core uh, direction is going is that we get to anticipate those things. But as I said, you know, I mean, this is a little bit on the, you know, what's going on in JavaScript thing, but uh, 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 Sebastian uh, from the React core team now works on Next.js at Vercel. So I, I mean, you know that uh, bringing the meta frameworks in close is definitely, you know, on the agenda for everyone. So I, I think this is going to be exciting time for the meta frameworks too, as along with the core stuff we're, we're, we're bundling and I'm unbundling at the same time. This is, this is, this is an exciting time to be in web dev. Well, I'd love to keep talking about this for hours, but uh, we have already arrived at the end of our podcast for today, but as we're on the way out, Ryan, why don't you let people know where they can find you, find the project and most importantly, find the community uh, if this is something that they want to play around with. Yeah, um, active on Twitter, uh, Ryan, at Ryan Carniato or at solid underscore JS. But honestly, just go to the website. Um, all the like important links are there. We have full like resource pages. We have 40 part tutorial. And most importantly, the link to our Discord. Um, Discord is where everything has been happening for us. This is the community. This is this has been great. Honestly, Discord is a game changer. And um, just come in, say hi. There's always people there, always people working on stuff, uh, sharing ideas. I, I think that's the best way to get involved with Solid if you're interested. Um, ask questions. Um, there's always someone there willing to share information or help or you know, just talk about whatever. So yeah, definitely come check us out on, on Discord. Um, but yeah, I think just go to the website, solidjs.com and you'll pretty much find the links to everything you need. 
Well, great. Thank you so much for coming. Now that is it for us today. Thank you everybody for listening to the Modern Web Podcast on SolidJS. Thank you, of course, to our guest, Ryan. As always, we'd like to say that the conversation does not stop here. You can find Ryan on Twitter, as he said, at Ryan Carniato. That's R-Y-A-N-C-A-R-N-I-A-T-O. You can find my co-host Nacho on Twitter at Nacho underscore DevC. That's N-A-C-H-O underscore D-E-V-C. And you can find me online at RoboCell. As for the podcast, you can find us online at moderndotweb.com or on Twitter at modern.web. As always, thank you as well to our sponsor, Cloudways. Hope to see you all next time. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is sponsored by This.Labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. For all of your friends and you. Shout it, yeah! Queries do, so come on, let's go, cause we got a show.